mine was fairly complicated just with like the abruptness of it um, but then I now definitely I'm in a place where the days are all much brighter and cheerier and you see the good in them all so much more Hey, and welcome back to the next episode of The Trail Running Women. We talk to badass women around the world about their stories to do with trail running, training, sometimes road running, and usually it ends up quite a bit around how the community of trail running has impacted somebody's life. And today's episode is no different. So I speak to someone who went through some real grief a few years ago and I'm not going to talk too much about her story because I want you to hear it from her. So today's guest is Anne-Marie and she is a phenomenal runner, big in the community. She's super friendly and someone that if you meet once you feel instantly connected with and I think that is why everybody kind of came to her side when she went through the loss of her husband a few years ago. So I was really thankful that she was willing to share her story and how she sort of had to navigate how you would feel so much stress that the additional stress of running was sometimes too much and then sometimes it was just the right thing to try to get through what she was going through. So I'm hoping today that anybody that's kind of having similar things or grief for anything in their life that they have to go through that they're going to find some inspiration in Anne-Marie's story and know that There are ways to get through things, and she is a great example of that. So huge thanks to Anne-Marie. Before we get into Anne-Marie's story, we do have a couple of administrative things to chat about. First of all, thanks to everyone who's leaving ratings and reviews. That's how more people find us and how we can continue the show. Second of all, if you are wondering if I am sick, uh, I don't know, or if I have allergies. One of the two, but either way, it feels very unfair to have this mid-July, but here we are. The third thing that we have to discuss is the winner of the contest for the Red Canyons 100K in Las Vegas that we put up on Instagram and we posted it both on the Desert Dash Instagram at Hillsport55, which is my personal, and then also at the new Instagram, which I encourage you all to follow, Trail Running Woman Pod, where I'm going to be putting all of the podcast info and stuff on old guests there. And that is actually where the winner was from. So I went through and put everybody's who did multiple entries and all of those things in an Excel sheet and went up and down and it was very thorough. It took me much longer than I thought it was going to be. But thank you everybody for entering. And I'm excited to say that the winner was Angie Kemp. And I cannot remember what her Instagram handle was. So I will go back and find that. But she knows who she is because I will reach out to her the day before this comes out too. And I will put you in touch with the race director and get you that free entry. And I am so excited. So thanks everybody to enter. Who entered, I should say. Other things, if you want a backlog of episodes, those are on Patreon that link in the bio of any of the Instagrams also. And lastly, just want to take a quick second to thank one of today's sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Gooder Sunglasses. So if you have not gone to gooder.com in a while, I suggest you go there so that you can check out the limited edition, limited time series that's out now, the glittery gold pair. And I absolutely love them. And the best part is you can get just one pair of those with discount code TRW for free shipping. So as per usual, all of the sunglasses are super lightweight and polarized so that you can see in any type of terrain. I like to have a couple of pairs with me for long event 
days so that I can get some darker lenses like gardening with Kraken for when I'm going to be way out in the sun. And then I like to have a couple pairs for when it is kind of tree territory, like the donkey goggles. They're a little bit lighter frame and they help me see in the trees and shaded areas, but where I still need to have sunglasses on. So again, go to dirtgooder.com and use discount code TRW at checkout for free shipping. Okay, welcome back to the next episode of the Trail Running Women podcast. I have a guest here that is local to Chilliwack and somebody that has been through a lot. And I think something that's everybody's kind of worst nightmare. And you've done such an amazing job of sharing your story on Instagram and getting through everything that you have been through while still running and being inspiring to others. So I'm so excited and glad that you are here to share your story. So welcome to the show, Anne-Marie. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here and to get to share more with everyone. So I mean, the first thing is you are definitely such a talented runner, and I want to touch on that a little bit first. So can you give us an intro of how you found trail running and what it meant to you when you first found it? Yeah, yeah. So I uh, was not really an athlete growing up or anything like that, like a super active kid, but that's about it. Um, But I had been living in the Middle East, you know, dusty, dry desert, and (laughs) came across some pictures of people trail running. And that kind of inspired me. And I was like, ooh, when I get home, like, I'd love to get into that. And then when I moved back home, I was really kind of looking for community and stuff. So I fell in with the Abbotsford Trail Running Club and started trail running. And it kind of just took off from there. Just, I think also like being in Chilliwack, Abbotsford area and being surrounded by all the mountains too I'd never really gotten into them and explored them and it's just really cool now to look around and just be like oh like this is my home in these mountains and I can go on adventure in them in a way that I never did when I was younger and it's really great yeah that's awesome sorry what were you doing in the Middle East oh I was nursing in Saudi Arabia actually wow that must have been an amazing experience yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I actually I started running a bit more out there like in the desert. I joined a run club there and I ran the Paris Marathon with my friend Nelly after like just one little well little it was like a 34 kilometer training run through a sandstorm in the middle of the day. We were so underprepared. Uh, it was great. Wow, that's epic. Yeah. So one thing I do know about you is that we kind of met through various group runs, but that you seem to, everybody knew who you were and you got involved in the community quite quickly. So when you got back and started trail running, and I know you had some big goals, mm-hmm. how did you get so involved so fast? If that's a question you can answer. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. It's always really surprising to me. Like I'll be somewhere and someone will be like, Oh, hi, Anna Marie. And I'm like, hi, where do I know you from? (laughs) So flattered, but I don't know. I don't know if it's like, like I definitely, like I was a lot more active on Instagram at one point too. So I don't know if it's through that or just, I don't know. I do love meeting people and I'm, I'm not good with remembering names. I can remember faces, but yeah, I I don't know. The community is really cool though. It's such a welcoming community. And so it's just been fun to be part of it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, And I think the last that you and I spoke, you were preparing for, I believe, a 200 mile race. Was that all around the same time that you met your husband? 
Yeah. Yeah. I think so. That's right. That was, that was a while back. I was, I was like very interested in running Tahoe 200. Like I had signed up, but then yeah, I met Zach and we just like, we just fell in love really fast and we're just like very gung-ho on like building a life together. And I found myself like just prioritizing him more over some of my training runs and things like that. And then as it was approaching, it was like, Ooh, I am definitely not well prepared enough or in the right mindset to go and run 200 miles. So I didn't end up running it. That's fair. And I think, yeah, I think that's such a typical story too, when you first fall in love, right? Totally. Totally. And I think it's good, right? Like we have our seasons in life when we like put running ahead of a lot of other things and that's great. And then there's times where running sometimes has to take a backseat to other things that are important or you have to find a way to navigate. How do I balance these different things that are important to me? Yeah, I totally agree. (laughs) Yeah, There's kind of something fun about running too, is that it doesn't have to be the same thing to you all the time too. Like it can shift in how it appears in your life and take breaks and come back. And I've really noticed that with our friends now have been through so much with the pandemic and kids and loss and all these things that, yeah, it's been interesting to see how it can kind of be like a stable platform, I guess. For sure. Yeah. It's interesting to see this kind of group of people. Like when I kind of first landed in trail running, um, this group of people were really big training, running lots of races and stuff. And there's a, a, a chunk of people who've like grown even further and, and all of that. And then other people who there's been a lot of life that's been happening and things look different for them. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think realizing that maybe it doesn't have to be all around races too has been such a common theme, right? For sure. Yeah. The pandemic definitely taught us that for sure. So let's talk a little bit about how running has changed for you. So you have these big goals and then you met your husband and Mm -hmm. yeah. Tell us a bit about just your story of how you met, how you got married so quickly and ultimately how everything happened. Yeah. So Zach and I met in 2018, the fall of 2018. Um, No, that doesn't make sense. It must have been 2019. I can't remember now. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, we got, we met and yeah, when I met him, I just kind of really knew like he was the person that I like wanted to spend my life with. Um, Yeah. He was just this really strong, gentle, (laughs) very loving man. And yeah, so we kind of started building our life together and got married in on March 14, 2020. So literally like a couple days before the world shut down. I think we're the last time we, well, our wedding was the last time a lot of our friends and family saw each other for a couple years probably. Um, But yeah, so we kind of just you know, with being newlyweds too and the pandemic, it was just the two of us a lot. And yeah, we just had a really sweet thing going together. It was really lovely. Um, but then in September, so September 12, 2020, I actually was going to do the um, Rumble to Russet route. And like I'd been trying to do it for a couple years. So I was out running with um, one of my friends and I got a call from Zach's best friend being like, hey, have you seen Zach? Or what's up with Zach? He hasn't shown up at the gym. And that was kind of just the start of everything going wrong. 
Um, so I just knew something was wrong right away, but here we are, like we just had kind of gotten to the top of Panorama Ridge and had to find our way back to a road, which meant we had to keep going. Um, my vehicle was out in Whistler because we were doing a point to point. And so, yeah, we just had to kind of keep running through my life, just totally crumbling and falling apart, you know, as kind of the couple hours went by, found out more things. And eventually I'm standing on the side of a road, finding out that he'd been found and he was unresponsive. And that was just, yeah, just a really, really, really hard thing. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, Zach did die that day. And yeah, my world just really, really shifted and was pretty shaken for a long time. Um, yeah. And now we, here we are um, getting close to three years later. And yeah, I look back on it all. And I think one of the things, like there's so many things that have just been really, really, really wonderful in such a extremely difficult time. But um, the way community has just come around me and like uplifted me and been there for me. And I don't know, I, there's just always been people popping up being like, hey, I was just thinking of you or reaching out or I don't know. I just, I just always felt so surrounded, but the running community, especially, you know, like I'd met, especially this little group of women and we all really connected and I didn't you know I thought like when I first met them I was like oh what a great group of women and so nice to have them in my life I just like didn't realize how important that group of women would be to be mm -hmm. would mean to me like you know a couple years later when here I am like having lost my husband my whole world has shifted there's this pandemic going on and we can't really like see people and grieve the way we're meant to grieve like we're meant to grieve in community it's not supposed to be a solo thing like I mean there's so much of it that is so lonely and so isolating but that's why we have community and so then with the pandemic that was really really tough but with running, it gave me this outlet. I could be outdoors where it was safe. I could be with people who meant the world to me. And yeah, it very much helped with my healing. And like, you you know, there's something about being on the trails, right? Like when we're running along, um, you can just share so much of what's on your heart with people in a way that just feels so relaxed and natural. And yeah. So anyways, here we are today now. And I'd say even looking back, yeah, I so, I so wish that Zach was still here and yeah, that life hadn't gone that way. But at the same time, like I also see the ways that it's grown me, the way it's grown the people around me. And in the end, I'm kind of just grateful for this journey that we've been on. So yeah, yeah. that's my story. <laughs> Which is an amazing outcome to get to so quickly because there's so many parts of this that are so yeah. gut-wrenching. I mean, yeah, to be, I sort of know that feeling when you need to be somewhere else and you're mm -hmm. stuck way out there, obviously not nearly yeah. to the degree that you were feeling that day, but that is one of the worst parts of it, I think. And for people that aren't mm -hmm. local to be up where you were when you found that out, there's no quick way back. It's yeah. like you have to continue to run 
through and to continue to get updates mm-hmm. and just feel that like I can't even yeah. imagine how hard that would have been yeah yeah like that's that's now probably one of the things that like subconsciously um sits with me the most I you know, you know like when something really like wrong goes on you know that like tight feeling you get in your chest or the mm-hmm. way your throat kind of feels tight or when you're like trying not to cry and your throat feels tight like I had to push through that for like a few it, it feels like it was like a few hours I think it was just maybe an hour and a half but still like it was a long time of trying to run while my chest was just like so tight my throat felt like it was closing up and I was just yeah it it was really tough so to this day now like that really can get me as soon as I feel like some significant tightness in my chest it can kind of just trigger that whole wave of feeling but I believe that's called <laughs> PTSD. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty yeah. accurate. Yeah. So and then I think like the two other parts that always it was like being more of an acquaintance friend. It's so hard because you don't want to reach out to somebody where you're like, am I yeah. crossing a boundary? But all of us thought about you so much because mm-hmm. I think we've all had that time when you get to know somebody and the first part, like you were so much still in this amazing honeymoon phase kind of, yeah. where you feel like you yeah. got gypped of the most like magical for lack of better terms, part of the relationship as well. Totally. I, I remember thinking of you for that a lot and just feeling. Yeah. Yeah, like we never got a chance to go through any ups, like any major downs. Like we we had some some hard things we had to work through for sure. But yeah, we were in such a the honeymoon phase is that, right? Like it's just this phase of growth in your relationship of getting to know each other so much more intensely and there there's not there was any down. It was just all going up and you know, like probably naively so but yeah you just think it's just going to be all uphill and you're going to have this big beautiful life together we wanted to have kids and all of that so you know all of that is major loss on top of losing your person too right Mm -hmm. is just losing big parts of yourself because yeah I couldn't do the job that I loved for a while um yeah just all these hopes and dreams that I had I'd lost for a time. And so, yeah, just there's, there's lots of things that you lose in addition to losing your person as well. So for sure. And that was actually going to be my next question is I know that you are a nurse and that you do love it. And so what were the first few weeks like afterwards? Um, And how did you deal with that, especially during COVID? And then also, yeah, being able, like uh, being a nurse, you have to be there for other people so much. Yeah. You feel like you're probably not able to even be there for yourself yet. Totally. Yeah. So, I mean, I honestly, I couldn't even walk any, anywhere. Well, I, I did. I walked a lot in those first kind of few weeks, but like, I mean, my resting heart rate was at like, I don't know, a hundred and something all the time. And like, we know for us runners, <laughs> that is not normal. We're like in the like fifties, right. Or, or less. So like, that was a big thing. Just, just seeing that physical impact on my body. Um, 
But yeah, and my brain was mush for days, like for weeks, uh, probably months, <laughs> where I just, yeah, forgot things really quick and couldn't, yeah, had sometimes had a hard time putting sentences together and things just because my train of thought, I just couldn't couldn't manage it very well. There's a lot that, a lot of ways that grief impacts you physically that you don't realize. Um, but I actually took about five months off work. I went back to work in sometime in January, February of 2021. And I actually went to BC Cancer Agency because I needed to go work in an environment where people came in, they had their treatment, and then they went back home. Like they were relatively, relatively well um, because my my job that I'd been doing before I was working as a palliative nurse, which understandably is a particularly heavy area of nursing. And after you've lost someone oh can be additionally challenging. So yeah, I didn't, even, yeah, so, I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love palliative care. I think it's an extremely life affirming area to work in. It's not nearly so sad and gloomy as a lot of people might think. Um, it's all about helping people to live comfortably have the best quality of life they can for the limited amount of time they have left, whether it's for short weeks or days or whether it's for, you know, some months or potentially even like a year or two left yet too. So yeah. So it's so where where are you now? Are you back in palliative or still in Yeah. Yeah, I am. So in January of this year, I actually went back to working with my team. Um, I work on the palliative consult team for Abbotsford Mission Communities and Hospital. And it's been just like so wonderful. It's felt like coming home. It's felt like I've regained this really big piece of me. And I also have this new knowledge that I didn't have. I think, you know, with grief and loss, you can be a wonderfully empathetic person and be very caring to people in their time of need. But when you've experienced a major loss of your own, it changes things. It changes the way you understand other people and the experience that they're having. And so um, for me to go back into this job and to be in a place where if it's appropriate, I can share a small amount and it helps to create common ground and understanding and make people feel seen and heard in their hard time in a way that I couldn't do before. So yeah, which which totally makes sense because I think one of the things when you haven't experienced it is well, for my experience anyways, is just a total fear around yes what it would feel like and how you would even handle it. And so if you're so kind of blocked from it with that fear, then you can't really empathize with somebody because your brain doesn't really let you. Totally. It's probably a defense mechanism. Yeah, exactly. For sure, right? Yeah, I know. I think the one thing I've really learned too is that I for sure would struggle too with like, what do you, what do you say to people? Like what words are appropriate or adequate for what they're feeling and experiencing right now? Like I got nothing. Um, But what I've definitely learned is that, I, I mean, everybody's different for me. Like I would rather that people say something, even if it lands a little bit wrong, because I know their heart is to show care and compassion and to try to, you know, reach out. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, if you have people in your life who are going through a major loss of some sort, like, and you don't know what to say, it's okay. Like there aren't 
there really aren't words, but definitely just like show up for them in some way or just let them know you're there and that you care. And that's really, that's always really helpful. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense because it's just then solidifying that they're not alone, right? Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Grief is extremely lonely and isolating for sure. Just want to take a quick second to thank one of today's sponsors. We are brought to you by AG1. So one of the main reasons that I love AG1 is because it is the simplest supplement that I've ever tried to take with the most bang for its buck. So I am getting 75 high quality nutrients with one simple scoop mixed in a glass of water. And because it's so simple and efficient, it's a habit that I've stuck to for over a year. So I used to fiddle with a full cabinet full of vitamins and minerals, and I never actually took them for a continued amount of time. I didn't know if they went together well, so I never even got results or knew if I was getting results. So one of my favorite things about having taken AG1 for a full year is that I can tell the consistent effort of probiotics and prebiotics has definitely increased my digestion and helped my gut health. And I also just like the sense of accomplishment in the morning that I have done something to cover all of my nutritional basis. And the best part is that it is less than $3 a day and it also tastes good. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from a supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to drinkag1.com backslash TRWP. That's drinkag1 backslash TRWP to check it out. Yeah, that was kind of my next question as well. It's like the first weeks and months afterwards when you're off work and you're just feeling that, like feeling in your gut and waking up and sort of remembering where you Mm -hmm. are. How do you how do you deal with that initial part and, and how did you get through that? And I also at the same time feel like when running is something that probably was your happy place for so long, that being the place where you learned this might have made it harder to to yeah. go back to that as a coping mechanism. Yeah, for sure. I I will say initially, I initially and, and even now I don't have a hard time going back out running. Um I think sometimes I'm triggered along the way and that's been something that I've been having to to work on is yeah if I you, you know like you're running along and for some reason your chest gets tight or it's smoky or polleny or something that can kind of trigger things for me a little bit so I'm learning how to work through through that because I don't want running to be taken away from me as well um yeah so I thankfully running was something I was still able to do um I'm very, very thankful that I was in a place where I was able to take the time off work because it was very important for my healing. But yeah, then you have all this, you have all this time. And honestly, a lot of that time was just, just grieving, like sitting there and thinking and journaling and processing. I'm somebody who I wouldn't be able to just go out mid cry and be like, Oh, I'm just going to run it out. Like it's too heavy to run it out. Um, So I'd have to sit and be very intentional and kind of work through whatever it was that was particularly heavy that day. And then I'd get out and I'd go for my run. And the running was definitely a thing that got me moving. It put some structure in my day. And especially on weekends or days when I had had friends off and I was going with them, that was just, it was really, really, really helpful for me to have that 
kind of structure at a time when life felt so unstructured and unstable and everything. Yeah. And this was all during kind of the height of COVID as well, where you just have this like fear of the world. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Was there any, like, did you guys think it was COVID related? No, no. Like, I mean, initially probably I was like, Ooh, was it? But then no, it, it was not. So do you have, for anybody that might be going through something like this or grief or loss of parents or anything, what do you think has been um, like the best tool or the best way to help somebody kind of just get through this and start to get back into some structure? Um, yeah, like, I mean, so, so I actually was coached through that time and that was really, really helpful for me. Um, like, you know, thinking about running as being a tool, there's, there's a lots of different tools that I had, but running as being a place of structure and a place of community. Um, the coaching was really, really helpful actually, because I did not have the brain power to think about like what I wanted to run necessarily, you know? So having a number on my training plan, like today you've got eight kilometers or you've got (laughs) whatever, whatever it was, it definitely helped to provide that structure for me as well. And then, so I was coached um, by Pacific Pine Running Company at the time. So that's um, Jenny Quilty and Katrina Abram. And uh, Jenny in particular was my coach. So every day I'd be like writing in my log as well, like how'd that run feel and what was great about it. And it became a little bit of a journal for me too. And then I had these two cheerleaders there reading my logs and, you know, adjusting my training as per kind of the things I was saying and feeling, but also just there like cheering me on and, and then putting those friends in place and helping to provide me with structure and stuff. So that was really good. It was a very helpful tool. Yeah. That's funny that you say that. And it's not like obviously on a different degree, but I do find when I'm coaching athletes and there's something going on in their life that that does become such a, a thing where it's like the comments become the therapy kind of, um, and working through it. And I think, yeah, that just helps. I mean, there must be a science behind it too. Like it just helps your brain kind of absorb what you're feeling that day and slows it down a little bit to however fast you can read or write or something, I would imagine. Totally, totally. And it helps you to be like, okay, oh, that like felt really tough. And I was in a really mentally tough place before I went out, but then I went out and I saw this and I felt that. And now here I am in this better place. Yeah, for sure. And then I guess with grief, do you just sort of feel like, each day you start to feel like you have more moments when the world seems a little bit better than the day before. Yeah. Like it is, it is progressive, but it's definitely not linear. You have days, weeks where it's much harder, even though you've been in maybe a better season, things like your menstrual cycle can mm-hmm. make it so much worse too, you know, um, just having, you know, those low days as well. Um, I think, and then there's also like, there's milestones that are tough too, right? So then, you know, if you encounter kind of a season of milestones, like there's a birthday, an anniversary, uh, whatever, like those can be harder times too. But overall, I would say it took a long time. The first first year and a third were very, very difficult. And especially actually around the year to year and a half mark were 
were the probably the hardest for me mental health wise through all of it. Um, but then at now, definitely, I'm in a place where the days are all much brighter and cheerier, and you see the good in them all so much more. That's that's very inspiring to hear because I think, as I said, like it's such a, a source of fear for so many people. So mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. something like this happen and know that you can kind of get through it doesn't make it yeah. easier, but that you can come out the other side to some degree is just so helpful to know. Yeah, for sure. And I think like the timeline looks different for everyone. There's a lot of things that can complicate grief or make grief last longer as well. So mine was fairly complicated just with like the abruptness of it, um, kind of just the reason for his loss and everything like that too makes it more complicated. Um, so that changes the timeline. But definitely, I, I don't want to say it was all dark either in that, <laughs> in that first year too. I'm definitely somebody who really wants to find the the good in things i you know if i am in a place where i can't do that that's tough um but you have to be intentional about it too right so like going for walks or going for runs and just being like i'm going to focus on some of the good things around me because yes this other part is really hard but there is also good all around me yeah which is like that to me is one of the most impressive things because even just with whatever I've been through, I know how much work it takes to say, like, I'm not going to let this consume me today. And I'm going to fight yeah. to feel good about the good things. And that is like, that just takes a lot of effort and it's exhausting. It does. It does. So I, this is a little bit of a tangent. I hope that's okay. Yeah, but I sure. ran Y East Wonder 50K last weekend. Was that your first race back? No, no, I did. Um, I did a pace race last year as well, but it's been a while since I've run 50k um, <laughs> or raced it. And my training has been less than ideal in the last like half a year or so. I've definitely been feeling the cumulative effects of like a few years of stress and and grief um, on my body, just being quite like exhausted a lot and having to be very intentional about how I spend my time and all of that. Anyways, so I go run this race and I'm four kilometers in and my (laughs) chest gets tight and then my throat gets tight and I just totally spiraled. I had like a full on panic attack, like four kilometers into this race. Um, And I was so discouraged because I was like, oh, like I'm here to race. I want to finish this, but I feel like I can't go on. And so I just like started walking and I just was breathing. Anna Marie, you're not in the same place that you were. Like this is just your body's exaggerated response to something that happened years ago. This is not the same place or the same time. And I was just so determined that whatever it took, like I was gonna, I was gonna get through this race because I knew I was fine. It was just a like exaggerated response to something, right? Like just a trauma effect. Um but that physically I was, I was fine. And so I pushed through it and I finished the race in a time, like it was totally fine. I was not focused on time at all. Um, but it took so much mental energy to push through that. It made me very tired actually for the race. Yeah, no, no kidding. Because you, I mean, a 50 K a huge part of it is pushing through the mental parts anyways, because it is physically demanding. So you're just sort of tackling everything at that point. 
Yeah, for sure. But anyways, I can't remember where I was going with that in particular, but just to say like, yeah, it takes a lot of mental energy some days to, to push through the things, to push through the 50K or to push through whatever thing that's, that's hard. But yeah, if you've got that little, little thing in you, that's like, oh, but like, I'm not going to let this take away the joy of running 50k today and seeing a really beautiful place or the time I get to spend with this person that I really care about or all of that kind of stuff, right? There's multiple different reasons that are just so worth pushing through, right? But then also giving yourself grace for the days that you don't have the oomph to push through as well. And you, I don't know, maybe need to sit and wallow in it for a minute to feel all the the things that you're feeling, because those are so real and valid and and need to be acknowledged too. I think that's a big thing that I've also learned too, is it's very okay to do that. Yeah. That just like- acknowledge the hardship and the feelings and, and process that they're just, they're going to be there <laughs> whether you acknowledge them or not. They'll just get all twisty and mess you up if you don't acknowledge them. I was just going to say like, that's one of the most uh, inspiring outlooks. I, I guess it's the only word I can think of it. Because yeah, you're right. Like you to find that balance of being like, you can't just disassociate from your feelings because then they're never going to go away. They're just going to keep coming back till you acknowledge them. But then equally knowing the balance of the right time to say like, oh, I'm not actually going to let that take over and take my enjoyment from this is like such a message that I think anybody, whether they're going through grief or even just a breakup or loss of a job or something, that skill is like, a lot harder to actually do than it is to be said. So I think it just sure. like shows your character and your resilience and and everything. And it's actually amazing to hear somebody that put it to use in such a grandiose way. Oh, thanks. I also like, I really want to acknowledge that I was very, very well set up to be, to be resilient and to be able to have that mindset too. I know that not everybody is, like as privileged as I was in a, in a way, right? Like not everybody gets to take, you know, a few months off work after a loss or not everybody has an extensive community surrounding them and stuff too, right? So I think that those things were huge for me and I recognize that not everybody is is blessed with that. That Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, so moving forward, is there anything that you feel like with running that you're really excited to go after now, as far as goals or unfinished business. I mean, I know there was COVID and then obviously kind of trying to get your feet underneath of you again. Are you in a place where you're excited about races, especially after having just got another 50 K kind of taste? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have nothing official on the books. Like I'm so excited to just do some running adventures this summer um, and just explore a bit kind of locally again. Um, but I've been thinking about doing a stage race. That's kind of what's like sitting with me right now. So I don't know what that looks like, but I think I want to do a stage race next year. I, I've realized like my body does tend to recover fairly, fairly well. Um, so I think that's on the books next. I'll keep you posted. I don't know what it looks like yet though. (laughs) Yeah, I totally get that. I think that's, it's kind of then it absorbs you into the race for it's almost like a vacation from real life where all right? you have to think about is the physical. Yeah, I get totally. That sure. Yeah, you get to like go explore and see where your legs take you for like multiple days in a row. 
Yeah. And it's a different way to explore like your body and how it responds. Yes. Like there's one thing about a 50K, but to get up and just keep doing it every day is like a new place to explore. Totally. Totally. Especially like if you are like really racing it and every day you're not like you obviously have to preserve something for the days following, but you're also racing too. So trying to find that balance will be yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well, I look forward to hearing about what you decide to do. Thank you. So I want to thank you so much for sharing the story. I know it can't be easy and I know it's like hard to relive it, I'm sure. But I do think, like as you said, there's going to be people out there that just need to listen to this to realize that they're not alone as well if they don't have somebody yeah. in their own life reaching out. So I think um, that aspect is just so awesome for other people to hear. And, and thank you yeah. for sh- for sharing for sure. If you- oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I, I, if anybody is going through a major loss and they don't have community around them or, you know, like need more community, we, we all, we all need more. Um, like, I would just love to encourage people to reach out to me if they feel comfortable at all. I like, just love talking with people and being able to encourage them in whatever place they're into. So I'd love to hear from people if they want to reach out. I have been thinking of starting a like hiking club for widows and potentially for widowers as well too. I know men don't often have as many supports as women do um, in the widow widower world. Um, but yeah, I will, I will keep you guys posted on that too. That's funny. I didn't want to like push it on you, but when you were speaking, I was thinking, I was like, oh, she's going to start something for sure. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I'm taking applications for names. I don't know what to name, what to name it. I'm stuck there. It's so silly, <laughs> but yes, I would love to do something like that. That's definitely in my, in my heart for sure. Oh, that's, that's awesome. I love that, that take on it for sure. Um, yeah. Okay, so we're almost running out of time, but I want to know for you, if you could describe in three words what trail running has meant to you, what would they be? Ooh, family, family, yeah, beauty and hope. Oh, those are great. Um, Thanks. Thank you again. As I said, we're, we had to change our platform. So we're, I'm watching the the numbers tick down, but I do feel like you shared so much in such a short time. Um, I'm stumbling my words because I'm feeling kind of the impact of your story for sure. But as you mentioned, people can reach out to you. So where's the best place to find you? And I will link to all of that in the show notes as well. Yeah. Um, probably like probably my Instagram is the best. I don't do really any of the other social medias. Um, but yeah, my Instagram is Anne Marie, A N N E M A R I E, Kathleen with a K, K A T H L E E N V W. Okay. That's me. That's you. And I will definitely link to that in the show notes again. And thank you so much for taking the time and for sharing. And I'm so excited to hear about your stage race and about your hiking group. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me here and for taking the time to listen and to ask me about my story and to put it out there for other people to hear as well. I'm very grateful for that.